You're listening to the Watling and Owens Show on WNYO 88.9, the Laker Radio Network. That is right. The Watling and Owens Show back here on a Tuesday. So back to our normal time, 7 o'clock. It got a little too crazy last night, Matt. They had to switch us back to our normal slot. They said, no more Watling and Owens Show at night. And and I don't blame them. It was... uh. It was rough. That was a rough, that was a, an interesting off-the-rail show, Luke. It kind of went everywhere, nowhere. I was, I was, was dehydrated at one point, Luke. I the odd man. On. The odd man really set us off track. I just, I wouldn't stop. I, I we, going. We've got a great show today, though, Luke. And, and this is your last show uh, hosting on WNYO. I don't know if That's you thought true. about that. But our penultimate okay. show on these airways. I thought we were having shows next week. Oh, then, then never mind. Yeah, that's what I thought. We I thought discussed. we weren't because of your job. No, I, I said I was cool to do it next week. Oh, okay. Well, never yeah. mind then. I guess we're doing next week too. Right now, I'm just, I'm working weekends, so we'll, we'll see if that changes. But for next week, I know for a fact I'm not working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So there we'll we go. Good. We got a shot. We got a shot. We got a shot. Uh, I got to check my yeah, schedule like, now. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Really, it's up to you now. So we'll we'll keep everyone. I'm posted, the big man like, with the with the big boy job too. People forget. Uh, yeah. People forget. Uh, people do forget. And it is finals week, so I get it if we have to cancel a show. I have nothing going on with finals week. Let's be real. I have one final exam that I'm going to sit there on my computer at home and just, like, guess the answers. Because I, ju- I just can't anymore. I can't do it. Do you think it's a little less emotional to not have, like, a last class where, you're, like, you walk out of, you know, one of the, the, the halls for the last time just to be at your, your house? It feels a little anticlimactic. I'm, I'm having that with the Gonian. Now that's true because like ye- true. yesterday I sat there all day just doing work. Today I did the same thing. I was there at nine at ten twenty a.m. bright and early, working on a newsproof with a soon to be a, with the incoming assistant editor, news editor. Then I did some copy editing, you know, and then and then here I am. I'll be here again until pretty late tonight, getting some proofs in. Uh, I've got a couple stories to write for the uh, Oswego County Today vehicle. Wow, busy guy, busy guy. And, and speaking of busy, we have a busy show tonight because there's a lot going on in, in the realm of New York sports. I mean, we've got the Knicks staying hot, the Mets with major news, uh, with Jacob DeGrom being announced that he'll be scratched tonight. Uh, so we'll get into that. Yankees Astros are opening their series as we speak with Domingo Herman on the mound for the Yankees. The Astros bring out Zach Granke. That will be a great series to watch. And then we got Odd Man Rush hosted by Matt. Looks like a great one from looking at the, the rundown. And then we'll talk about the Bills a little bit. We didn't talk about their draft class. But we'll get into that later, and we start with the New York Knicks. They are not only the talk of the town right now, Matt, but the talk of really anywhere you tune in to, to get your sports news because they have been absolutely electric. They've won 12 of their last 13, and with their win last night over the Grizzlies, 118-104, to 104, they have clinched a record above 500 for the first time since 2012. Of course, that was the year where they won 54 games. And Matt, with the applause and I got to say, man, this is a fun team. This is a young team. This is a hungry team. And they're not slowing down. Like, these are games, you know, we had last weekend. Uh, they took on the the Rockets. They play the Grizzlies here. A much better team than the Rockets, but a team that you could see them kind of rolling over. They entered the game four-point underdogs. Didn't have Neurons Noel, but they still get a win. Like, they're winning games that they should win, but it's still impressive to me because they're really – they're blowing out bad teams, which is really a good sign as well. Bring up the banner, baby. Above 500 for the first time since 2012, 2013. Raise the banner into the garden. Let's do it. No, no. Are you going to be that guy? No, I'm I'm, I'm joking. Come on. (laughs) I've been fans of such bad teams for so long. Knicks fans deserve this. They really do. This is a good team. This isn't a we're just 500 kind of team. 
They're really talented. And I think that's so exciting for a team that never really expected to be that good, right? I mean, who would have thought this team would be in the four seed and, and probably holding on to it? I mean, this is a really good team. And, and you talk about that game last night, Luke. Somehow Memphis, I was reading the, the post-game article. So they had five technical fouls in 18 seconds in like the, yes. in like the last two minutes of the game. Yeah, I think their coach got two. John Morant got ejected. Uh, I'm not sure who else got one, but I heard it was a pretty crazy ending. I, I actually did catch the first half of this game, but after halftime, I was like, yeah, this game seems like it's over. I'm going to I'm gonna head off and do other things. But uh, there was definitely some, some craziness down the stretch. And, and how about this, Matt? The Knicks are the best team in the NBA against the spread this year, 42-22-1. and one. So you could have made some serious cash if you were throwing down money on the Knicks this year. And And who and- – I wonder how that bounces back next year, right? Because you expect if they bring in the same roster, I don't think they're as good as they were this year. And I don't know if that's really. I just think it's Spicy. very tough to be good back-to-back years with the style of coaching that Tom Thibodeau has, where he pl- places such a strong pressure on his stars. If they don't bring in another star or two, Julius Randle is not going to be 100% the entire season. I just think the wear and tear on his body might be too much. Yeah, I agree with you there. But one guy that I think has been absolutely huge for them is the guy that they acquired, you know, midway through the season, Derrick Rose. 25 points last night, 11 of 15 from the field. His last 10 games, averaging 18 points per game, shooting 56%, 46% from three, also adding in five assists. And his production off the bench is the really the sole reason why I think, I mean, obviously people think it, it's not a hot take, but he's one of the main reasons why I think they can win a playoff series because he gives them that depth. I mean, think about this team without Derrick Rose. Emmanuel quickly has been streaky. Taj Gibson's a solid backup center, but he's really not a scorer. He's not, you know, he's kind of just there for rebounds and, and some defense. Uh, other guys in the match, Obi Toppin hasn't really panned out, hasn't really got a chance to pan out. So in the playoffs, you know, your starters are the most important because they play a ton of the game. They're going to log major minutes like they have all year. But to have an option like Derrick Rose coming off the bench, I think just adds a whole nother layer to this team. And as long as they can stay in that 4-5 range, they're going to compete, and and I think there's a good chance they win that first playoff series as well. Yeah, it, it, I think they do. I, I don't see how they lose that first series unless they play Miami. Miami scares me. They really do. But you look at it now, and it looks like Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta's only half a game up on Miami for that five seed, right? So, yep. So that I would much rather play Atlanta. I don't think that's a hot take, but Miami's a scrappy team, kind of like the Knicks. I think they have a little bit more talent, you would argue. With you with Jimmy Butler, but they haven't put it together this season. They really haven't, and I think that's what's so interesting for this Knicks team is: do you do you expect them to win a playoff series, even if they play Miami, who went to the the who went to the the, uh, the championship game last year, right? Yeah, they played they the made Lakers. The finals. They made it yeah. to the finals. Like that's a good team, but you know what? It feels like a different year. It feels like the Knicks have a good chance. And, and honestly, Luke, maybe I don't expect them to win a, a series, but I expect them to be competitive in a series. I expect it to be a hard-fought six, seven games for the Knicks and whoever they play. Yeah, and I think also uh, what's interesting is this kind of national turn to them. I mean, you have them kind of leading these uh, these national discussions, like first take and, and stuff like that. And do we do we have the clips, Matt? Oh, I, yeah. Which one do you want? I'll, I'll cue it up in here in a moment. I actually, the first, I really want to listen to the first quote he has about talking about the Nets and the Knicks and, and Kevin Durant's health, because I think that's a really interesting kind of quote to dissect. So, right, so we'll take a listen to... Give me a second here. I need to get through the advertisement and get cute, oh, cute yeah. up here. So you got to love that from ESPN, just blaring the advertisement. It's blaring, so you gotta be on and, top and then i got to worry about it, because I'm playing it off of the PC, which you're also on, Luke. 
So now wow. I got to worry about shutting off my mic, making sure that's loud enough, making sure you can hear it, make sure you're not talking during the whole thing. It's just, I, I just miss you in studio, Luke. I think it's very selfish of you to graduate a full semester early and, and leave me here alone. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're leaving I'm me here hung out to dry. I mean, what am I supposed to do? I'm hanging out in my uh, undisclosed location. You got three guitars behind you. I mean, you can yeah. show us a song. Not mine. Maybe. Not mine. Well, I haven't yet. That's what I want to know. Because I don't know how to play guitar. Really? Yeah. But you have uh, how's this? How's the Stephen A. Smith audio coming along? Uh, it's here. You ready for it? Yeah, let's do it. Stephen A. Smith on the Knicks and the Nets in the state of New York basketball. I, I don't hear it. I don't know what's going on here, Luke. Um, All right. Some, some technical difficulties. Uh, where's uh, we'll... it coming from? Wait, start wow. talking again? I'm talking. I'm okay, out here. You're, you're this here. Is... Let me this go on air settings here. Um, we're figuring it out. Oh man, um, this isn't good. It's not good, but if we can't play it, it's okay. We can still break it down, kind of what he you said. Promise the people the audio. That's we did promise the part. people that. I don't yeah. know why it's not playing. Let me see here. Well, he's really getting into it too on this audio. That's his wow. Point. Yeah, that's it is. Oh no, that's not it. Sorry about the the spamming. This is, no, that's internet access. Wow, this is just a mess. We've gone completely off the rails. Again, we wouldn't have this issue if you didn't just show up to the show. Uh, this is ridiculous. Let, let me, let me get it on my phone here, and I'll play it off my phone like an absolute, you know, like a scrub well, or a coward, if you will. I don't know. I think it, it's, one thing it's audio I, that I want to hear played. Yeah, one thing I will say before we do all that is, did you see the James Harden uh, tweet today? Oh, that was awesome. That the was New Yorker. He, he put the uh, New Yorker cover, which was supposed to be the Knicks and the Nets. He, he cut it off. He's... He cropped it so that there were no Knicks in the picture. Which is great. And also, the picture itself on the New Yorker cover, like the Knicks are very small compared to the Nets. So I think the point was kind of there already. But James Harden ends up cropping also, it out like, regardless. And then people got upset that the Knicks weren't front and center. Like, sure, you're, you're, doing, you're surprising people, but let's not act like you were the, the best team in, in New York. You're not. I think there's that kind of feeling, though. I think there is that rising feeling of, like, Give us the Nets. Like, I really feel like that's that's becoming a theme right well, now. Well, that's exactly what Stephen A. Smith said, Luke. And in a moment, we'll actually have the audio from Stephen A. Smith live on my phone. How about that? We've, teased, uh, we've teased it for hours. I know. Are you ready for it here? Are you ready for the, the audio of Stephen A. Smith? Yeah, let's do it. I really hope this works, but here it is. Faces the New York Knicks. Yeah. Kevin Durant better be healthy. He better be healthy. Oh, my God. If he, even with Kyrie. You're trying to act even like with that's Kyrie, a fair fight. Harden and Harden. No, they have even Kyrie and Harden. Even with Kyrie and Harden. You understand what I'm saying? Even with Kyrie and Harden. We got a chance. We got a chance. Should we get the two rosters up? I don't engage in fandom. Fair fight? I never engage in fandom. I pride myself in my objectivity. The only time my objectivity can be challenged is when I have a preference in terms of location. Because you know I'd rather be in L.A. than Utah. Stuff like that. You understand what I'm saying? That's the only time you can ever... My objectivity, but right now I give a damn about objectivity. Kevin Durant better be healthy. What the Knicks are taking over New York City? Do you, you understand? Are you? And, and there it is. So, the Knicks taking over New York City. I, I love when Stephen A. throws those. Oh, that's very loud. I'm sorry. Throws those little jabs, uh, to the to the to random cities. When he says, "I'd rather be <laughs> in Utah LA than Utah." Utah's a nice place. My dad visited down. there. My it dad is nice. actually. A police officer back when he visited, when he was like our age, so a very long time ago, wrote him a note, and he thought it was a ticket, and they just said thank you for parking so nicely. Wow, great pit people of Utah. But right. the thing about Stephen A. is like 
you meant to say if James uh, James Harden better be healthy because I think he's a missing piece. I mean, you look at the the game against the Bucks where they played well, they came up, you know, a shot or two short, and that's a game where you want James Harden. Like I think he's a missing piece. You want Kevin Durant, you want all of them, but I really do feel like James Harden's kind of the key to securing the championship. Not that KD and Kyrie can't do it because they were the two that were brought in originally, anyways. But I feel like James Harden is really the guy that that needs to be there for for the Nets to win. But either way, I think they beat the Knicks in the series. Yeah, I think so, too. I don't see how the Knicks beat Brooklyn, but it'll be a fun series, man. It'll be really difficult. And I think that if the injuries kind of come back on the uh, the. Oh, wow. On the on the Nets, then I certainly do think there could be some issues. Maybe they'll go seven games, but I just look at the talents of this Nets team. And if two of the three are fully healthy, the only team I see stopping them is maybe the Sixers or or really a team coming from the West. Yeah, I agree. Maybe the Bucs. I mean, they put up a good fight against them. but I think we, you need KD kinda... uh, fully healthy against Milwaukee. Because I think he yeah, can retain Giannis well enough. And then one of you know Harden or Kyrie, and you assume that's Kyrie, will we'll take care of the rest. Yeah, I agree. And I like Drew Holiday over with the, with the Bucs as well. But I, I still take the nuts over them. And, and you're right. But going back to the Knicks, I mean, this is a team that, like, you, like we said, could win a playoff series. Uh, can they compete with the one seed? I don't know. I mean, right now it looks like they'd be Philly in the first round who, you know, Embiid is, is obviously their, their star. Simmons plays great defense. I think the, the question that, that's been kind of going around in my head is like for this year, obviously Julius Randle has been fantastic, but I do wonder, like you said, Matt, you know, the, the style that Tibbs has in play, he's had leg, leg injuries in the past, not to, to rain on the parade because I think Julius Randle has been a star this year. I mean, He's probably the fifth, you know, fifth in MVP voting when, when it's all said and done. He's been that good. He's been that impactful for the Knicks. But I do kind of wonder, you know, because I don't think he's going to be the best player on a championship team. I just don't think his style is conducive. Yes, he's shot the three ball better. But at the end of the day, he's still kind of a little bit of a prototypical power forward, which isn't usually the best piece on a championship team. I still think he can be the number two or the number three. I think he's really good. But that, that's the one thing I wonder. And, and maybe it won't come to fruition in a playoff run, but... It definitely has to be a lot on on these stars, especially Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, uh, Derrick Rose kind of entering that category as well, where they're playing a ton of minutes every single night, not getting nights off. So it, it will be interesting to see kind of how long they can keep that run in them. No, it really does scare me. But but again, it goes back to building this team up in the offseason, right? If, if you're in the playoffs, you don't care how tired you are. You're playing your best, right? Like you very rarely run out of time especially with with the way that the basketball playoffs are set up there's a lot of you know open off days and it won't be as much this year i think because they're trying to wrap things up a little bit quicker because of the condensed season and, and and trying to not have it bleed into next year but i look at this playoff run and i don't see any issues what i see is if they don't address if they don't get another star some that can compliment julius randall some that can take the ball out of his hands you know a real starting point guard to be honest then i don't see this team duplicating the success they had just because for, for two straight years, you're going to play Julius Randle 99% of all time on the court? Yeah, and I agree with you. But for now, we'll, we'll keep the happy vibes with the Knicks. And let's go to a break here, Matt, because... Well, we've got some breaking others... news, Luke, from our Yankees wow. correspondent, Anthony Batista, of yeah. formerly of Shooting the Breeze. No no longer a show on NYO's Airways, but check out the podcast, the, uh, his account and, and the Twitter and all that. But he says that the, the boosts for Altuve were electric when Jose Altuve came up to bat against the Yankees today. They were, and then Bregman was uh, getting the old, uh, he was getting a chant at him that I can't say on air, and then he took a, a pitch for a home run, so it's one nothing so, so Astros. He's getting, he's getting cursed at? There's some, some no-no Yeah, words. 
Yeah, some no-no words. Uh, and, and, so and yeah, he, he paid back. He he gave him a, a no-no word right back. He did, yeah. And I guess the Astros kind of celebrated like they had just won the World Series. Some are saying they celebrated like they won the World Series without cheating. So well, of, I think they're celebrating like the Yankees did when they won Game One of that Red Sox series. <laughs> yeah, they and, might and be. They're, they're bringing out, right? the boombox in the in the locker room after the game. Uh, that's a really fun series. But let's go to a break. On the other side, we'll talk about some Yankees, Astros, also the Mets. A lot of turmoil going on. Some guys fired, some guys not able to play tonight. You're listening to the Watling and Owens podcast, sponsored by WNYO 88.9, the Laker Radio Network. Back here on the Watling and Owens show, 88.9, WNYO, the Laker Radio Network. As we mentioned before the break, Yankees down currently 1-0 uh, against the Astros. Alex Bregman with the solo home run. But across town, the New York Mets dealing with some, some early season struggles. Obviously, we talked about the hitting, but... Uh, the biggest news of the day from the Mets, Jacob DeGrom is going to undergo an MRI and miss his scheduled start tonight against St. Louis. He's experiencing right side tightness. So in his place, Miguel Castro, who's a reliever, will start. So it's going to be a, a bullpen day for uh, – oh, wow. As another breaking news, Matt. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Don't do it yet. Don't do it yet. <laughs> Give me a second here, Luke. This is very important that I do this. We, we don't have many times left, much time left, rather. To use the uh, the hockeys, so give me a second here on this. All right, go ahead. Breaking news: John Carlos Stanton, two run shot, ten game hit streak still alive, and the Yankees lead two to one over the Astros. So there we go. Already a uh, an exciting start to that game as as expected. But as I said, uh, Miguel Castro will get the start as the opener. So the Mets bullpen going to have to eat a lot of innings tonight. Uh, and the source is about to grow. I'm saying the expectation is for him to just miss one start, but who really knows at this point? And this is obviously just a major loss for the Mets. Uh, you, you hope it's just one time through the rotation, but never great. DeGrom, DeGrom, a guy that doesn't really get hurt all that often. So uh, maybe it's precautionary, but definitely a tough sign for the Mets. It is. And and again, it's only one game. I think the, the Jeff Passon report that it was just one start and, and you don't really know where it's going with that, but I think uh, Yam- Yamamoto, I forgot the kid's first name, but he was expected to start tonight and actually got scratched. So he'll probably be up here tomorrow giving the Nets, the uh, the Mets rather, some length, hopefully, I guess. I, I assume they couldn't get him here in time. Obviously, you got Castro starting. And, and it feels, I don't want to say it's a throwaway game, but this isn't a team built to, to throw a bullpen game. So I'd be really interested to see what they do and, and how their long relievers go. Yeah. What did you say, Yamamoto? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan, he, right? He's actually he actually started today for the Syracuse. No, he got now, scratched. So. Oh, he he was scratched. I just said that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't Aaron, hear that. If you listened to a sports hour with Aaron Valentino today, you would have heard that. Well, Luke Voigt uh, powered a home run there in that game too for for Scranton Wilkesbury. Wow. So, so, that, so what you're saying is he should stay down in in AAA to uh, to get the Scranton Wilkesbury team back and going. Yeah, get that get that team uh, on two track. championships. In, How about in that? Minor league baseball. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would expect Yamamoto will probably start within the next couple of days, at least, because they're in St. Louis. So that's I don't think he's getting in, getting on a plane from Syracuse to St. Louis and, and pitching tonight, but I'm sure he'll be available. Um, but the other kind of uh, thing that the uh, Mets have had to deal with is they haven't hit. And that has led to their hitting coach, Chili Davis, and also their assistant hitting coach, Tom Slater, being fired after the game yesterday. They scored five runs, but this was the decision that came after their one to zero loss against the Red Sox, where they struck out 15 times, only had two hits. Of course, they lost that game that DeGrom started. And the decision was ultimately made by Sandy Alderson and acting GM Zach Scott. Uh, Luis Rojas reportedly did not agree with the decision, but he was outnumbered. Uh, so, I don't know. 
I've seen a lot of people commenting on this, and I know there's a whole kind of debate about, well, Chili Davis very old school. Uh, Alderson's an analytic guy. They want to go analytic. But at the end of the day, I don't care what you're using, analytics, old school. If you're not producing, you're not producing. And I don't care if Chili Davis was going old school. If they were putting up 10 runs a game, it wouldn't matter. But the fact that they're not hitting, and it seems like a lot of players are kind of frustrated with the way that he's coaching, I don't think it's going to be, you know, I don't think you can cry about it being an analytical decision. I think it's just, look, they're not producing for this guy. And he's already been fired by two teams before this. Clearly, maybe he's just not cut out to be a major league hitting coach. There's a lot of blowback of him actually getting, um, you know, fired. I know we kind of talked about it, Luke, but it, it, I don't know. I don't honestly, I don't really have an, a, a thought on the firing. What I do think that's interesting is that Luis Rojas didn't agree with it, but he was outnumbered. And typically, when you see, at least I can speak for hockey. I can't necessarily speak for for other you know other sports, but usually the assistant coaches and the coaching staff, and even for football, for example, the assistants are hired by the head coach. More often than not, you know, we saw Matt Rule decline the Jets job because he wanted his own staff and McCagney wanted to bring in or, you know, force uh, uh, Greg Williams on his staff. So I think it's very interesting that the that Sandy Olsen and Zach, and Zach Scott kind of made this decision over Luis Rojas and, and why he the, the report comes out that he didn't agree with it. Like, that's a problem for this team because that sort of adds to that sort of not inconsistency, but that that issue that that's a serious problem where you have someone that, um, you know, that kind of clouded judgment of who's the hierarchy, kind of like what the Jets have had for so many years up until now. Yeah, and, and Zach Scott also uh, said that there's no plan as of now to, to part ways with Luis Rojas. He said they want to make it work. So he seems like he's okay for now. Who really knows? But hopefully this changed things up because they haven't been hitting. And Joel Sherman wrote uh, an article about the firing in the New York Post. He had some really, uh, really good quotes, and one of them was that uh, Scott had observed hitting meetings to Davis's annoyance, annoyance a source said, and what emerged is the front office's belief was a lack of individualized plans, mechanical adjustments, and other authoritative instructions in the meeting. So it sounded like a lot of players were getting frustrated because Davis wasn't really giving them individual feedback. It was more of a general thing. Uh, it was also said modern players have grown hungry for individual mechanical and statistical an uh, analysis, and many players seem to be gravitating towards the analysts for help rather than the hitting coach. So it's not just an upper thing, it seems like the players weren't really liking the way that they were being handled either. And, and at that point, I think that's when you agree with the players, right? Because they're they're your product, they're the people that you want to work with. And if they're not getting the right coaching, and it's not even whether they whether or not they agree with Chili Davis as a coach. You know, they might like the guy, but the fact that he's not giving them what they need, I don't have an issue with the firing. But again, the fact that Luis, the, that Luis Rojas didn't agree with it and it still happens, and the fact that you know he's not been a, he hasn't been a great coach. It makes me wonder, maybe this is a guy that isn't the long-term solution for this team because he, he has made some mistakes. I mean, you put in Edwin Diaz in that game, uh, what was it, Sunday night? He, he blows open that lead. You know, you're, you're lucky you win the game by a couple inches. You could have kept in Trevor May, who had pitched 10 pitches that eighth inning. And it was, it was a rough call. And there's been a couple of moves, pitching moves specifically, that have been like that for Luis Rojas. And I, and I wonder if he is in too far over his head or if it's the analytics telling him to do these things and him kind of resenting it and never fear Matt because the Mets have a new hitting coach Donnie Stevenson Donnie Stevenson what I got are you anti are you anti Donnie Stevenson so Donnie Stevenson is this made-up mental wellness coach <laughs> um I I don't like it because Chili Davis just got fired 
I think yeah, that, I get the timing. joke, but it's awful timing that you're making up this brand new hitting coach or just as your old hitting coach got fired unceremoniously. Yeah, and, and Sherman and, and other writers were, were quick to point out it wasn't supposed to be a shot at Chili Davis, but you're right. It is terrible timing to be like, hey, look at this made-up hitting coach. Like, every time something went well, like Conforto had a good game, he's like, yeah, Donnie's a new guy. He made an appearance today at our hitters meeting. He's all about the approach. He's a hitting approach guy. He's a guy that just gets the boys fired up and ready to go. So, like, it is definitely bad timing to have Chili Davis fired, but I'm the idiot that thought Donnie Stevenson was an actual person because I kept seeing tweets uh, I saw like a, a Twitter account made by a guy named Donnie Stevens and Pete Alonzo was talking about it. So I totally thought it was a real guy. So I'm an idiot for all of this. There's a LinkedIn page and the guy really? messaged Trevor May on LinkedIn, which I see like this. is why I don't like it. Cause like, I don't need to see 1700 like spinoff fan accounts That's true. from, from, from Joe Schmo in his mom's basement with Cheeto dust on his fingers. Like the people also that make these as- parody accounts. Go ahead. I was going to say, also known as Donnie Stevenson. Right. I don't need these parody account wannabes that just have nothing left to do with their life. And I'm sorry if you're, you were one of those at some point, Luke. I no, really no. do apologize. But I, I don't need it. I don't need it in my life. I'm over it. And I don't know if it that's me, me being, like, annoying and, like, a bad guy. And you can call me out on that, Luke, if you'd like. But I just, I don't need it. Well, can you appreciate the Mets doing the Donnie Stevenson thing, or, or is it just you don't like the people? You, you, or you, you just hate it in general? What I, what I think, actually, is I think what the Mets are doing, it, it's very try-hard to me. I don't know wow. if you feel the same way. I know, well, they're, you know they're, they're kind of pulling – they're having a little joke, man. They need to loosen up. They're not, they're not playing well right now. they got to loosen the, up. Is this, is this as try-hard as Brett Gardner banging the, the, the bat on the, on the ceiling? It, uh, I think it might be just because it's such it's a stupid joke, and now it's a bit that everyone's in on, but none of the fans, like, the fans weren't in on this joke. The people don't know what this joke is. It's like, imagine if we just sat around, like, making inside jokes on the show all day, Luke. Like, no one would like that. That's true. I think that's a valid point. I liked it when the players kind of were just hinting at it, but now that it's, like, blown open, like you said, I think it's not a great thing anymore. Yeah, It, uh, it was fun when it was just, like, Conforto and Pete Alonzo making references. And everyone's like, "Is this a real guy?" But so now, like, like for two days, basically. Yeah, basically. This right. this this is a lot worse than the LFGM thing. I actually like the LFGM. I think that's awesome. No, oh, yeah, me too. Because I think that's more of like a rallying cry. It's more of a it brings the fan base together. So I wonder if uh, the Donnie Stevenson talk will quiet down now that no, Chili it's Davis it's just gonna is gone. get louder. It's just gonna keep growing. And I'm gonna sit here like this. This was funny like for the first three days. Also, uh, New York Post with a great headline of uh, the Chili's cooked. So that, that was a great line uh, after oh, after man. Chili Davis was fired. I need, I need, um, a, I need a crock pot for some chili. Oh, man. Yeah. A nice crock Love pot chili, chili with – see, you wouldn't – I don't think you'd like the chili I make, mom makes. I make chili in a pot. It's very good. you can good. use both. Yeah, you can use both. Why wouldn't I like your mom's chili? Because there's a lot of vegetables in it. There's zucchini, okay. squash, oh. two different oh. kinds, of, kinds of beans. I think there's quinoa in there. It's delicious. Sounds gross. Uh, I I just like the the typical peppers. Uh, you know, I keep it I keep it simple. I don't need the squash. I don't need the the, the quinoa. Oh, it's del- for I sure. There I might not be know, quinoa in it. it I don't even know what quinoa stuff. is. It's a grain. It's, okay. Well, uh, the Mets also last night lost six to five. Offense not good. I, I look. I didn't have a transition. I wanted to get off of chili talk. Um, I'm a little hungry, so I had to move on. Uh, six to five loss to the Cardinals. The offense. Two runs in the second, three in the third, then they stop. Francisco Lindor, 0 for 4. He's now hitting 163 on the year. Michael Conforto, 0 for 4. He's hitting 244. 
Dom Smith 0 for 4, 222. And this offense is just, it's not good right now. I don't know how they turn it around, but I don't know. Francisco Lindor does not look good, which has gotten a lot of Mets fans mad. It's early, but I think it's definitely getting to the point. It feels like the Yankees, though. You know, maybe next week we're talking about how everyone's kind of gotten back to, to what they're supposed to be. But for right now, it's, it's definitely concerning. It is. And, and you know what? I, I don't know where you go from here. Because when does Francisco Lindor turn it up, right? This is a guy that's meant to be your guy, and he's been awful. He's been really, really bad this year. And you can't blame it on the offense. I mean, five runs. I don't want to say five runs is enough, but that's a good number. That really is. And, and the fact that you can't even hold the team to, you know, four runs in the first couple innings, like, that that's rough. That's a really bad optic for this team because it seems like whenever the bats are working, the, the pitching can't, and, and vice versa. It's really tough. Yeah, I just think Joey Lucchese, it's tough when he takes the ball every five days. I mean, two and two-thirds innings, six third runs, one strikeout, one walk. And with DeGrom out, I mean, they're going to have to find innings. I mean, maybe Jordan Yamamoto is going to be that guy, but, you know, you're already missing Lugo. You're already missing Carrasco. You're already missing Syndergaard. It's going to be really tough to get out, and when the offense isn't really helping you out too much, it's going to be really tough to win games because when they were winning games early in the year, it was because of their pitching. And if their pitching isn't going to be great, you know, three out of five times in the rotation with DeGrom out, it's just not going to be easy to win games in, in the NL East. And, again, the NL East hasn't been as great as we were expecting, but you want to be able to, to win some games early on. And the Cardinals, not an easy win, but uh, definitely, I mean, tonight's going to be tough. They don't they don't have Jacob DeGrom. They're going bullpen, which we know their bullpen's not the strongest in the world. I mean, they're they're in a bad spot right now. Luke, in a good spot, the Yankees. Do you want a little update? Oh, yeah. Really? The third run has been scored after Clint Frazier grounded into a double play. Uh, Judge scores... Torres is out at second and Urshel at a third. So that was bases loaded, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we also have some news, Matt, on uh, Jacob deGrom. The oh, MRI on, De- on deGrom showed inflammation in his right lat. He will refrain from throwing for the next few days. Jordan Yamamoto has been recalled from AAA Syracuse. There it is. So that's that's not great. It's not bad, I guess, right? It's just inflammation. Yeah, that's true. Uh, by the way, Clint Frazier bouncing in the double play for a run scoring is just like Peak, of course, peak, of course that happened. Peak twenty twenty one, Clint Frazier. Um, yeah, but you, you gotta if you're this Mets team, you gotta hope Carrasco's back soon because walk throwing um, throwing out Lachesi every fifth game is just chalk up to a loss. Don't even play your guys. You know you want to give Pete Alonso an off day, make it the Lucchesi day. You know you want <laughs> you want Lindor get get his head right somehow, give him the Lucchesi day. Just don't even play. Just just surrender the loss. Don't even show up. It's yeah. that bad, and and look, I don't want to you know kill the guy. He's just not a great pitcher. But you know, you bring in Carrasco for a reason, and he hasn't done anything yet. You know, to no fault of his own, he's hurt. But you want to get him back. You want to get this, this lineup going, this rotation going, because it's a winnable division. But you look at the standings right now, and the downside of being in such a tough division where everyone's five hundred, the Mets might need to win the division to make the playoffs. Because right now at eleven and twelve, you're not making the playoffs. No, you're not. And that division becomes so important, especially in the NL West. You know, they've got three teams playing well right now. I don't think the Giants are legit, but they're up there. Uh, so, yeah, definitely some work to, to make up. And like you mentioned, the Yankees up 3-1 to one right now. That's going to be a fun series. The fans are already getting into it. Uh, I hope no one gets thrown at. I, I just don't like that from an optic standpoint. And also, I mean, you don't want to get guys hurt. You don't want to get your own guys suspended. I mean, you know, maybe they'll go up and in a few times, but uh, I'm I'm hoping there's no bean balls. I mean, let let the play kind of do the talking for for your anger. Take it out that way. 
you know, do some bat flips, do some stare downs for sure. I think that's what's going to make this series so fun. But I don't think it needs to turn to a, a pegging contest. No, it, it... <laughs> it certainly doesn't. That's what you're going to say. <laughs> no, it, it does not need to be turned into that, Luke. Um, it's a shame we only have a couple more weeks left because we, that that's a drop and a half, baby. What is it? 7.35? Oh, I was going to ask you to do the, the podcast two tonight, but... Wow. What, what I don't have, like how... Why are these discussions our, happening on air now? Well, our lovely GM, Jen, is doing some of her finals project, and she was gracious enough to let me record the, the show, and I can't get in there because she's doing her work. Fine, I can do it. I'm just saying, you know, this feels like an off-air discussion, not an on-air discussion. Okay, well, you know what? I like to bring our... our you know, I don't want any inside jokes. I don't even know Don, Donnie Stevenson's on my watch, but... Yeah. You're right. I think this needs to be kept clean because ultimately when you look at the landscape of, of baseball, the, the, the Yankees can't afford to get a Rawls Chapman or anyone suspended for that matter. You know, you want to keep everyone healthy, keep everyone safe. And also, I, I agree with you, Luke, in the sense that I just hate the optic. I hate the idea of throwing at someone. It doesn't look good for anybody. You know, it, it, it just very it's very shady. I don't like it. You're listening to the Watling and Owens podcast sponsored by WNYO 88.9, the Laker Radio Network. Luke, it's time for one odd man rush. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Put your sponsorship here as we move off NYO's airwaves in, in the near future. Unfortunately, but it's time. We'll, we'll get some kind of Twitch thing going. We'll, we'll, it'll be a good spot for us here. And uh, It will, yeah. Maybe Twitch will sponsor us straight up. I don't think they do that, do they? No, probably not. <laughs> He's like Ninja when he got that big sponsorship deal for like three weeks. And then weeks. dipped. Yeah. Yeah. Got the bag so, and dipped. Yeah, that was with Microsoft, though, a company that could be going under now with the, the recent news right. of the Bill Gates divorce. And he, he hired, like, three major lawyers for this $130 billion uh, divorce, Whew. which gives some respect to Jeff Bezos. He, he gave half the money and left. Yeah. You know, I He's mean, like, you know what? this is a bad look for, for Bill Gates. I got to be honest. Yeah, also, they were married forever, so you think they're being Only some 27 kind of years. Well, I don't oh. say only. But, uh, I, I thought longer. So you know, 27 only does years, and he's 65, I think, right? Oh, wow. Or maybe 55. Has he been married multiple times? Maybe. I don't know. Well, let's, let's, this isn't the Jeff <laughs> This isn't the, the Bill Gates show. This is, they're right. certainly working for the, uh, the Melinda and Bill Gates Foundation, though. Together. That's true. Anyway, moving on. There might on. be some animosity, though, if she takes you know, $90 billion and, and dips. That's right. That's right. Uh, moving on, Marcus Peterson not too happy with another one of his divorces of the L.A. Rams from 2019. The Ravens cornerback was on catch and fades with Akib Talib Luke, and he said that uh, he revealed what set him off in November of 2019 when he ga- engaged in a aggressive verbal altercation with Jalen Ramsey. It was because Jalen Ramsey was traded hours after Peters was sent to Baltimore over to L.A. In the clip he said on Tuesday, he said, F them, or bleep them, I should say. I felt disrespected. <laughs> <laughs> In the sense of two minutes after that, after that trade, you bring another guy who does the same bleep I do. That was disrespect to me. The same ass he does, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, I kind of I kind of get it. Like his quote, I mean, he's saying like this dude. Does, I mean, there there are this kind of very similar players. Like they're great corners. They talk a lot. Uh, they they let their the, you know their play speaks for themselves, but they love to talk and and they're very outgoing, very boisterous. So. I understand him being upset about him, but that that's kind of wild that he came out and said it. You know, that seems like something that usually will come out maybe after retirement, but I guess they're not on the same team, so they can kind of – he can say whatever he wants. But that was really interesting to me, that interview. I don't know how I feel because, like, 
you got put in a pretty good spot in Baltimore. You're still going to pay the same amount of money. If I'm a team and I'm trying to get better and I think that Jalen Ramsey can make my team better, I'm going to do that. I don't really care about you. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, that, that's how contracts work. You know, if you don't want to get traded, put on a no-move clause. And I don't understand if they send him to, like, Jacksonville or some garbage place, but they send him to a nice place. Yeah, that's true. They kind of looked out for him. And now Marcus Peters has beef with, like, the entire Titans roster, so it's kind of really carried over. Oh, yeah, they have the whole logo dance. That's right, thing. yeah. And Peters was kind of at the center of that after after the playoff one last year. That's such a weird rivalry. Like, yeah, Ravens-Titans, of course. So, what is that? One-sixteenth of the league is hated by one Marcus Peters. Yeah. How about that? He's put a notice out. Yep. Uh, moving on to another story. Actually, with the uh, Seattle Seahawks, so a, a, t- a counterpart of the LA Rams, DK Metcalf, Luke, is expected to run the 100-meter dash at the United States at a USA track and field event, the Golden Games and Distance Open, this Sunday in Walnut, California. That's really cool. I mean, you think about that uh, that rundown on the, the Cardinals interception that could have been a pick six. I mean, I could see him doing some damage. And I think it's absolutely uh, hilarious because I've seen uh, him kind of go back and forth with, with PFT, who's a, a barstool commentator about DK being slow and DK being this like big guy that can't run, but that's gonna be, that's really cool that he's doing that. I I, I can't imagine or I can't remember an athlete ever doing that, but I'm surprised they haven't. Like I'd like to see like Tyreek Hill running something like this. You know, see how fast these guys are compared to to actual track athletes. And, and Luke, I'll I'll, I'll kind of ask you this because I think it'd be fun. If there was one event that wasn't in broadcasting but was kind of akin to it, what would you be a part of? So maybe not in the athletic field, but another sort of competition of sorts. What do they even mean? Well, like I would need an example. I don't know what you're asking. I, I think I'd be in like a like a like a chopped kind of competition. Oh, like a cooking, or a competition? cooking competition. Oh man, I don't know. I feel like I'd like to be in a uh, like a, a history a history trivia com- competition. Like I think a, I could do pretty well. I'm not even gonna ask what track event I would do because that. What track event would you do? I want to try javelin, but I think it's too heavy. It's probably too heavy for me to throw. But I'd, I'd like be, to try. It. I'd be afraid I like hurt myself. Like I throw it and somehow hit my other hand. Yeah, that's probably what happened. But yeah, this is cool, and I'm excited to watch him run. You know, what also scares me a lot: long jumping. Oh, that big terrifying. pole! I would break a body. What about, are you talking about pole vaulting? Yes, that's what I meant to say. Not long. Long jumping. Jump, long jump is when you run and jump into the right, sand. Right. I could hurt myself yeah. from that too. Pole vaulting was terrifying. I've seen some videos of people getting hurt in pole vaulting. Not fun. Not fun at all. Uh, moving on, Luke Anderson Varejao is back. He's been out of the league since 2017. He hasn't played a game since 2019, the World Cup in China. But he signs a 10-day contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, He's been working out his home garage, actually, Luke. And just says he's going to enjoy the moment. Uh, He said, hopefully I can get out there and do some crazy things like Andy used to do back in the day. So he just referred to himself in the third person, for those counting at home. I thought this was a joke the first time I saw it, but he's, like, actually on the team. Like, I don't know if he'll play, but that's pretty cool. And I... I remember uh, the last time he was actually in the league, 2017, was when he was with the Cavs and then got traded to the Warriors, and then he won a championship uh, with the Warriors. And they kind of had a vote to see if he if he would get a ring or not. I don't remember what the, the outcome of that he was. He didn't take but... it, I believe. I think he was voted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he took it. it. Classy guy, Anderson Verizon. Oh, I would take he, it. He's fun, though. He's got the afro and everything. Like, Did I don't he not know, win? Oh, cool. wait, never mind. Never what? mind. I was going to say, didn't he win one with LeBron in his first stint in Cleveland, but he, he never won that? No, and but I think he did win a ring with LeBron. The three one comeback, I think he was on the Cavs that year. Three one comeback. Didn't he not yeah, accept a ring though? 
No, when the Cavs beat the Warriors. When he didn't accept the ring. Oh, wait, was that, the, is that what happened? I think oh, yeah, so. I think, I think he, right. he was traded that year. So he got, when he was on the Warriors, the Cavs won. Right, right, yep. Okay, I thought when he was on the Warriors, the Warriors won. Okay, that makes well, why sense. would he accept way. the ring if, why would he need to have a ring option if he, if the, the Cavs didn't win? That's true. That's a valid point. I don't know if he wasn't on the team for a long enough time. Maybe he was like, I don't deserve it. I didn't play. I don't know. You never know. We'll see. Moving yeah. on in what might be our last story of Odd Man Rush, Luke, depending on, on the time situation. Uh, Tom Wilson was fined $5,000, the uh, Washington Capitals forward, for punching Pavel Buchnevich in the back of the head while his face was down in the crease. Uh, it led to some kind of scrum. He threw uh, Artemi Panarin down to the ice during the scrum. Uh, there was no suspension for that. Panarin will be sitting out with a lower body injury these final three games of the season with the Rangers uh, eliminated from playoff contention. And people around the NHL on Twitter and in the community are not happy that Tom Wilson was, uh, was not suspended for this action. Yeah. I was kind of, I was surprised too. I mean, he's just not a guy that you give benefit of the doubt to. And I saw the, the, the situation and I mean, that's scary. I mean, you're shoving a dude's head into the ice. Uh, it was kind of a scrum. So I understand that, that tempers are hot and things happen, but to me, I'm really interested to see kind of your take on it, but to me, it just feels like Tom Wilson is not a guy that you give the benefit of the doubt to, a guy that's just been involved in these situations seemingly multiple times every single year. He's an absolute scumbag. That's the bottom line. And I don't say that lightly. You know, I don't throw around, oh, he's a bad guy lightly. This is a guy that has been already suspended this year, seven games in March from uh, an injury on Brandon Carlo. That was his fifth suspension of his career, Luke. There was a like five-game span in 2017-2018 in which he was suspended sorry he was suspended four times in a 105 game span back in 2017-2018 like this isn't a good dude this is a guy that's laid dirty hit after dirty hit um one that kind of comes close to home was on Lubomir Viznovsky in the playoffs when the Islanders had played what they thought was their last games at the Coliseum it was a play behind the net he basically bordered him and and he doesn't step stand up for himself he's gutless <laughs> He is, he, he, and then he takes runs at guys. Sorry to cut you off, Luke. He takes runs at guys and doesn't fight back. He he cowers from the fight. That's what he does, and it's a shame to see this in in, in our in the NHL. And and the one thing that kind of speaks volumes, and I'll leave it at this, Luke, and you can kind of take it from here. This is what Mika Zibanejad had to say. He said, "I figured you should have more respect for the game and the players. I don't know why I'm surprised, but it's just horrible." Like Zibanejad's yeah. like, "Yeah, I shouldn't be surprised about this." That that just shows how bad of a guy what uh, Tom Wilson is, and a strong statement from the Rangers as well. Which I mean, I guess props to them because I guarantee they'll get a fine for it. I guarantee they'll get disciplined for it because they spoke out against the NHL. Uh, but they kind of said we're extremely disappointed. The Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night. He's a repeat offender with a long history of these actions. We find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take appropriate action and suspend him immediately. Uh, that that's just kind of a summary of it, but really s- surprised to see the Rangers issue a statement, but good for them. And like you said, uh, I don't remember who it was, but I, I saw a video of that, the Islanders hit. And then one of the Islanders enforcers that year kind of came to fight Wilson. And he just, like you said, he just cowered away from it. He's not a guy that, you know, is, is even if he was fighting, it's not a great thing because he's still doing terrible things, but at least he would, you know, take his licks for it. Like he's genuinely just a terrible guy. And I don't understand. You're like, how many chances does he get before you just say, this guy is a, a menace and he's reckless and he, he just doesn't deserve to be in our league anymore? 
But I, and then the thing that's the, the worst is, and I read a really interesting thing. Oh, who was it? It was a, Peng, a Pittsburgh Penguins reporter who who followed Matt Cook for a while. And Matt Cook, for those of you that don't know, is an, is was even worse than Tom Wilson because he was injuring guys left and right. Like he almost he ruined Mark Savard's life with concussions. And the guy had said, you know, the the Penguins, Mary Lemieux, sat down with Matt Cook and said, this needs to stop. The owner of the organization got involved and said, look, you've got to stop because this is unacceptable. What are the Capitals doing, right? Like, why are you letting this guy take runs? He's still a valuable player when he's not being a complete jerk. He still can score goals. So I don't know why the Capitals continue to make excuses for him when you have Peter Laviolette, the coach, saying, oh, I just thought it was, it was a hit. You know, I'll pull up the exact quote so I don't, you know, misquote the guy. But he made it seem like it was anything that any ordinary player would, have, would do. And it's not. It's not the case. Yeah, like, I remember last time... Well, sorry no, to ahead. interrupt. Go, go, go. I was just going to say, I remember last time this happened, Alexander Ovechkin was like, I don't know why he got suspended. Like, it seems like everyone just defends him instead of staying him down and be like, hey, you're a, you're a good player when you're not doing this. Like, we need you on the ice. Stop being such an idiot. This is what Laviola said, and then we can go to break because we got to wrap up and go to the, the Bills. He said, I thought this was, I thought it was just a scrum, physical play. There was something going on originally with the goalie and jamming at the goalie. We had a, players, a bunch of players jump in there. You don't need. I understand, you know, putting your your hands on the guy's head and kind of pushing it down a little bit, but to do it twice and to slam it, and then go after Panarin and and pretty much sucker punch him in a sense is utterly ridiculous. It can't happen. Yeah, now and now Panarin's gonna miss the rest of the season, or, or the next uh, few games at least. Well, yeah, from, the rest from of the what season, I saw, it's like the last three. They, they well, there's only three now. games left. Yep. Yeah, that's true. I forgot the Rangers have a bunch. It's weird because the Bruins have played like five less games than the Rangers, but yeah, the Rangers are almost done. So that that's. That's absolutely crazy to me. I can't believe he wasn't suspended. And he's not even the type that's like, well, he's a great guy to have on your team. Don't want to play against him. Like, he's just a bad guy. Yeah, he, he certainly is. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry I just yawned there, Luke. I promise you're not boring wow. me. Wow. Uh, one of those, really I was am. up early, all right? Don't don't give me this. I'm up early every day. You don't see me. Yeah, were you up until like 3 a.m.? No, I don't think so. <laughs> wasn't on that grind. You're listening to the Watling and Owens podcast, sponsored by WNYO 88.9, the Laker Radio Network. Back here on the Wild Good Owen Show. We wrap up here on a Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow. Of course, we'll have a lot to break down. Game one, Yankees Astros. Yankees lead three to one right now. We'll have plenty to talk about there. We'll see how the Mets fare tonight against the Cardinals. Uh, so we'll have a lot to go through tomorrow. But one thing we didn't really talk about yesterday was the Buffalo Bills because, quite frankly, the draft isn't as exciting when you're a good team ready to compete for a championship. It's more fun to talk about the Jets who have so much young promise on offense or the Giants that are, you know, a couple pieces away still, but they look like they can be a, a, a team that competes for the playoffs for sure, but they're not quite on that championship level. And that's what the Bills are. So it's going to be is it crazy for me, Matt, to say, like, this fall I think is going to be the most exciting for us in terms of the three teams we covered that we've ever had on this show. It re- I think it will be. Because I think the Giants have real playoff hopes winning that division. The Bills obviously have playoff, you know, Super Bowl aspirations, and I think there's going to be – a lot of questions in, in Bill's Mafia if you don't at least make it to the AFC Championship game again and, and you don't put up a better performance than you did uh, this past year. And for the Jets, you know, it's not going to be a winning season. And I think the fans know that, accept it, and they're just looking forward to seeing a competent offense. And, and that's exciting for this team, right? This was yeah, never a team that was that good. Were we, yeah. on, were we on when Ryan Fitzpatrick um, had a whole... No. No? I don't think so. I believe that was 2017. Yeah, that might have been before our time. I think that was our senior year of of high school. High school. Actually, Sound that would have been our junior year of high school because 
I remember senior year of high school was the the Bills made the playoffs for the first time. Yeah, that's and, right. And then and, and then the Sam year, Darnold was getting drafted like that next yep, year or whatever. That next year was the the Donald Allen class. So yeah, that was that was a little bit before our time. So I'm excited, like you said, the Jets are going to be fun to talk about. Uh, even if they're not winning games, uh, we get to see Robert Sala, who I think is going to be a huge upgrade from Adam Gase. Anyone would be. Plus a new quarterback, so that's fun. And for the Bills, I mean, they had a pretty unassuming draft class. Uh, but they, they did have a really have, uh, heavy emphasis on pass rushers. And one of the things that uh, Brandon Bean emphasized was, you know, watching the Super Bowl last year, the, the Bucks got to the quarterback. They got to Patrick Mahomes. And, yes, the Chiefs' offensive line was depleted, but it's clearly a big thing in the NFL. You want to make the quarterbacks uncomfortable. You want to take some pressure off of your secondary. And they go with Gregor, Gregory Rousseau out of Miami in round one. Uh, he's a guy that opted out in 2020, but he had 15 and a half sacks in 2019. Uh, you know, they, they think he's still kind of growing into his size, a guy that kind of had a late growth spurt. And then they took another defensive end in Carlos Basham Jr. out of Wake Forest, uh, a guy that they think can get to the quarterback as well. So, you know, we know how how important pass rushers are, and I think if the Bills can just hit on one of these guys, it's going to be so important because you want to make sure you get to the quarterback. You don't want to ha- let him have, you know, sit back and have time. So I think they're kind of modeling after the Bucks, saying, Let's make sure that, you know, our secondary we know is good, but let's make sure we can get it to the quarterback as well. Yeah, I like it. I, I liked Russo. I, from what I've read, he was a – that was kind of a, a steal to get him that low, right? One of the better edge rushers in this draft. And, again, none of them are the, you know, cream of the crop like, you know, uh, Chase Young was back in his draft day. But at the same time, if you can get the best edge rusher in this draft, you'll, you'll take it, right? You'll take it positionally. It's a position somewhat of need. Uh, I, I like the move, and also I was kind of happy that they didn't take a, a running back that like at that position. You know, I don't think they had the option even to take Etn or Najee Harris, but I just I don't think you need it. You know, I think it would have been fun, and maybe you're one piece away. But the way this offense played, you know, you you like what you saw, right? In the playoffs, was it the offense that was really struggling, or was it the defense that just couldn't make one stop? You know, I'd rather see that that defense get better, and you can find a running back at the deadline. You know, you can find a guy like a Jay Ajayi type, you know, like just a random no-name running back that could still give you, you know, three, four, five yards of carry. Yeah, I still, I still think they believe in Zach Moss and Devin Singletary as well. Because Moss was really coming to his own before he got hurt. Singletary can still catch, catch passes. They also added Matt Breida from San Francisco. Uh, they got some offensive line help as well. Spencer Brown, Northern Iowa, 6'8", 311 pounds. Did you see the video of him powerbombing the table? I did. I, I was a little worried about that. Yeah, it's a little risky, I will say. Imagine, you don't want like, to get hurt. Breaks a, a bone or something? What if he could have hurt yeah, himself? That would have been brutal. Uh, that, that's a lot of man right there. They also had a wide receiver, uh, Marquez Stevenson from Houston, who they think can be kind of a, a kick returner, also play the speed position at wide receiver. So, you know, kind of just trying to fill out the roster, like you, like we said, make a run for a potential championship. Yeah, I and, like it. I, I like the positions. Sorry, Luke. I know I just gave you a wave. No, you're good. You're I thought good. I thought you were gonna give me time to, to talk or something. And, and I, I was, like but then you told me to wrap at the same time. Well, no, so I wanted a little confusing. last comment and wrap it. I like the moves. I'll, I'll leave it at that. They didn't need a whole lot. They they were fine. They didn't make any mistakes.